Welcome to Confronting Christian Culture, a podcast where we address the issues found in old lessons and expectations. Uh, welcome everybody back to another episode of Confronting Christian Culture. I'm joined today with Tess, who is a worship leader and hand lettering artist in South Central Pennsylvania. Say hello, Tess. Hey, everybody. So, Tess, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, how, so, you're in, like, what does hand lettering, what does a hand lettering artist do? Yeah, so I do a lot of things. I letter with my hands. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I guess um, you could think of like the old timey calligraphy stuff, but uh, I kind of do that with like, pen like brush pens instead of like calligraphy nibs and like fancy things you know um i actually do a lot of my work digitally uh with with the procreate app um it's like really big on tiktok right now i was like i was on that for for the past four years but whatever um <laughs> so yeah i do logo work i do home decor like the live laugh love kind of stuff that your mom likes um what else? Oh, I do wedding signage. Yeah. So seating charts, table numbers, bar signs, welcome signs. Um, and I'm also working on a children's book right now. Um, I'm writing and illustrating it. Uh, it is called Gremlin and it is about a hairless cat that learns that um, differences aren't meant to be ignored or shamed. They're meant to be celebrated. So uh yeah, that is that is the extent of my hand lettering artistry. I can't wait to read this book. Let me be oh, honest. Yeah. I mean, I will need to say that I cannot wait to read this book. <laughs> it's it's really kind of yeah, my my partner Ethan and I, we were like sitting on the back deck uh in, in March, you know, and like it was like, what do we do with ourselves? Um, and I was like, I gotta like figure out this storyline and and it was honestly Ethan who uh, like gave me the, the big idea. There's like a, there's some really, you know, tender moments in the storyline and especially just like how it ends. It's a really good ending. So uh, I'm most excited about that. It really focuses on bullying and like, and it's, it's also kind of about racism. Like this, this, I, I wanted to create a book for like minoritized children that go to school and like kids that don't know any better uh ask them like why they're different or like make fun of them like because they think it's funny you know mm -hmm. um so yeah 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 okay wow well yeah so that sounds you you've got your Surely hands full i do. like it <laughs> so uh this is going to be our first kind of lesson that deals with this overarching theme of purity yeah. culture. Um, like the purity culture is going to be like the foundation. So for anybody listening who doesn't know what purity culture is like, well done. <laughs> like, I don't know how you made it through. Uh, if you're, if you live in America, particularly, yeah, I don't know how you've made it through the your life without knowing anything yeah. about this. Um, but purity culture is very focused on, uh someone's sexuality and as someone how they identify as well as how they act out their sexuality um and it's very 
restrictive and with the name of purity culture the very the focus is abstinence the focus is not having any sex not being at all sexual um but there is one exception there's one exception to this which is our lesson today which is the no sex before marriage once you're married all of a sudden purity culture says great now you can have sex with your spouse go at it you're fine did you did you learn this, uh, Tess? I, absolutely, I learned, I learned this, and I even had a purity ring. We had a little ceremony. It was it had diamonds. It was a nice ass purity ring, not one of those like cheap ones that you get at Lifeway Christian bookstores. Yes, I I was taught this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I I never had a purity ring. Um, but I knew of them. Have did you sell your purity ring somewhere? Like to get like, cause you got diamonds, in right? There. You, you know, <laughs> I think I still have it actually. Um, but you know what? Uh, a Lutheran pastor. Her name's Nadia Boltzweber. I like mm-hmm. a couple. Maybe it was 2018. She was literally um, asking for purity rings to turn them into like a gold statue of a vulva. And like, you would get a certificate saying like your purity ring like went to this. And it was, it was really cool. I forgot all about that until just now. Yeah, I didn't wow. do it, but I really I wish I did. I never knew about that. Yeah. Man, I, I, that's kind of, it's, that is so interesting. I feel like that's like one extreme to another. Cause like when you said like, I know the the mentality isn't there, but when you said gold vulva, my first thought was like the golden <laughs> calf, and I was and I was like, oh gosh, are we swinging the pendulum to the other side? I'm like, no, I know it's not that purpose, but that just is, and I I have a feeling th- that she probably got a lot of backlash because yeah, like I'm sure she did because people made that yeah. assumption. Um, but now okay, no sex before marriage. That is the lesson that was like drilled into me. My mom was was a is a health teacher uh, at a co- in college level, so she like I remember early in my life uh, knowing how I was born. Wow! I knew the story of my birth. I knew the story of my siblings' birth because that's something she tells all her students every year during a certain time of the year. Like she talks about birth stories and she tells hers, which is all of mine and my siblings which no is weird. i wouldn't be able to it's it's weird but even with that understanding she very much her and my father very much like drilled into us the no sex before mm-hmm. marriage thing why do you think parents have and churches have taught us this yeah uh i feel like it had to have been like to maintain the traditional family structure right uh, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I don't know. I even think about, um, yeah, I, I, I think it was, it was to preserve that, that traditional marriage and like family, like, you know, those core values. Right. Um, cause yeah. like how taboo is it? If like, you know, you, you have a child, but you're not married, you know, and then like your neighbors know, and then everybody at your church knows, you know, I'm thinking like back in the, like, 60s not so much today but okay. but still even today i think there's shame around it yeah, yeah. oh yeah there's definitely there's definite shame around that i feel like um i i was i was trying to think of this and i was like you know what there's three three reasons why 
two of which are like i feel like one is super ancient one is problem and one is pretty like relevant throughout ages and then the one is pretty modern uh the the one that's pretty modern would probably be to like reduce the spread of hiv and and transmitted diseases i feel like that's like something that people are like that's why it's still taught is to you know you don't want to spread diseases and i'm like that's good that is a good lesson um but there's other ways that yeah i'm like yeah but you know but we see in this time people don't give a crap about spreading diseases apparently (laughs) (laughs) oh god uh not not today uh not in 2020 everybody oh my gosh but uh the more the the very uh that's like the modern one the the one throughout time would be like to preserve like the to no unexpected pregnancies yeah like to prevent unexpected unexpected pregnancies would be like the big thing um and the one that i think would is like we see it in the bible sometimes is like you have sex only with uh your spouse or only with the person you're betrothed to because that makes sure that that per that the if she has a child then that is your firstborn mm. that is the firstborn and if it's a boy it's first one a male heir who gets twice the inheritance right that everybody else does so that's a very important thing to have um so and and for the wife or the woman in that situation like she i know in some cultures even still today you have to like prove your virginity and like i know back in ancient times the marriage like people would wait outside the bedroom for evidence of right copulation and like that was the whole symbol of like now you're married um yeah so it was very important back then nowadays i don't think it is it's like that that's not our issue (laughs) like we don't need that right at least not in america <laughs> yeah not in america we don't and uh, you know we're not treating people like possessions or we shouldn't be we shouldn't be bartering for spouses like right so the whole culture around that is gone why do we still teach this lesson other than you know to hopefully prevent some unexpected pregnancies to prevent transmission of diseases Yeah, but I feel like it's like nobody would ever tell you that. Like, if you went and asked a Christian that believed that now, they'd be like, oh, well, like, it's in the Bible. Like, you know, because it's it's a sin. Yeah, why? I don't know why they have that old-timey voice, but... (laughs) (laughs) It's a sin, everybody. It's a sin. (laughs) Yeah, like, okay, we see this in... Like, the first time we see sex in the Bible is in genesis like right after the garden of eden actually it might be in the garden of eden whenever it talks about adam and eve becoming one it's like you know the this the idea is that they are having sex that's great yeah they didn't have any in that story there's no other option for anybody else (laughs) like like here there we see like marriages like what is it called like the inauguration it's it's the beginning of the marriage is the sexual act but now we, and I know like back in colonial times, if somebody had sex, if, if a boy wanted to have sex with, with, a, with a girl and they did, and they found out she was pregnant, what would normally happen is the boy would then go to the father, be like, that's my kid. <laughs> I'm marrying your daughter. And the, the father would be like, 
good choice because I wasn't going to give you the option. And so they would have it. And they, they like, they kind of owned up to the responsibility of raising the kid. Yeah. Nowadays we don't do that, but like looking back now on, on this idea of like, this is why this lesson was taught. This is why this lesson has been drilled into us. You don't have sex before marriage because then you don't have to have these shotgun weddings. Then you don't, have right. the risk of disease then you don't have an unexpected pregnancy and all this stuff but there's a flip side to it mm. there's this idea of you're now limiting your you're, you are very restrained on how to express yourself as a sexual being and then all of a sudden when you hit 18 you are free from your parents you're free from you start thinking on your own and what right. we see many times and in many experiences is people then say, well, then I'm just going to have sex with somebody. And right. they do. And they say, well, then if this is so great, why? And if this lesson was bad, why do I follow any of the other lessons G, mm. you know, Christianity teaches? Mm. I feel like this is one of those lessons that like is so restrictive. Yeah. And is so can be so harming that like oh, it yeah. breaks up people's faith completely because our sexuality is very much tied to who we are. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like it is so harmful and like to the point where it can really mess up like even a person's libido because like if the only time you're like a horny teenager is when your parents are saying like you can't do this. And when you're youth pastor and your whole church and, you know, and, and your Christian world view is telling you like, you cannot do this because it's abomination. It's an abomination. Uh, you know, then, then where is the desire to have sex when they're not saying that, you know, like there's no natural, um, psychological, like, function happening in your brain that's connecting sex to like being good even though like they want to pound that into our brains like sex is good it's the and though they're so obsessed with it they'll be like sex is the best thing ever like you know and you know what you can't do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah because that's oh. what happened for me like definitely like i was definitely a horny teenager like had multiple boyfriends and then but I didn't have like vaginal intercourse until I was in college, my freshman year. And then of course, when it happened, because I didn't have like the proper health education, I got a urinary tract infection and therefore had to like go through the shame spiral of telling my parents that I had sex because you know, like when you're a woman, that's the only way the most, that's the most reasonable way that you got a UTI is, is having intercourse. And so I had to tell them and, and it was terrible. And I cried and my mom cried. And my dad, who's like a, a medical professional was like, that's all right, we'll go, uh, we'll go to the urgent care, get you some antibiotics and you'll be good. But, but like, you know, it, it really screws you up. And, yeah. and, uh, I even remember having to tell like Ethan now, like who I am married to when we were dating, I remember like it was such a big deal to be like, 
yeah, I, I'm like not a virgin and, and, you know, like I, I just hope that my husband will like love me for that. And he was so great. He was like, I'm sure he will. (laughs) Thanks. But you know, and then now that we're, we're married, like it, it was a real struggle for me to like find that desire because it was like, I've only ever wanted to have sex when I wasn't able to. And now that I can, I'm like, eh. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's was so taboo for so long. I, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that have very similar experiences of like, Oh yeah. Like having to confront parents about something embarrassing and, and stuff. I, my first time, like I remember I grew up, I had two girlfriends before I met my wife. The first one, we were very restrained and we were very much in that purity culture. So we never did anything Mm -hmm. that would cross that line, Mm -hmm. but we got as close as possible. Oh yeah. That's the hottest part. And it was, (laughs) yeah, it it was, but it was, it's not good. And then after that, I felt after you know she dumped me i found there was some other girl that came along and i dated her and we had sex a couple of times and i felt absolutely horrible about it right right and and just like you like our se- our sense of self-worth like mine went down whenever i tried to like play it off as like you know as a guy, we're, we're, you know, you see in movies that the guy can like go around and be like, Hey everyone, I had sex. I'm so right. cool. I, I'm now popular because I had sex and you're like, but, and so the guy is always lifted up and the girl yeah. who has sex is always like called derogatory a names slut. and yeah. yep. Yep. And is always beaten down because of it. I remember feeling beaten down, but trying to play it off like I was riding high and I'm yeah. super good. Right. But I, I feel like not only do the the men in in that situation, like as as young men, like have to um, not only handle the shame, but they also have to kind of handle like being the the leader in the relationship. If like you know. Because when I, not that we feel that way now at all, (laughs) I don't, Uh, but like when you're in that relationship, I remember like wanting and desiring like a godly man as my boyfriend who would like lead me and like stop us from going too far. And so like the pressure that, that guys have to deal with in these like young Christian relationships as well, it's like double duty. It's interesting. And I also like, you're, you're telling me that, but I've also heard stories of people saying like, like I, I remember hearing it. I don't know where I heard it from, but I remember hearing this being like, guys just have no control. You oh, can't that expect, too. You can't, that, then it's like, it's this stupid double standard. Guys have to be in control and, and have to stop it, but guys can't control themselves. Yes. So then it's just complete madness and chaos. <laughs> yes, that is so true. I think that, I can definitely remember like being young and like feeling that way, like, Hmm. like knowing that we would be able to get to that point, but like, like, because he was so like out of control, um, you know, and it was so sexually charged, but then like, he would also have to be the one to stop it. Mm -hmm. I like literally told my boyfriend once, like, you're going to have to like stop us because I can't, you know, like, like, 
one, how shitty of me, but two, like how shitty of the, the system of, of purity culture to like, you know, yeah, to, to force that kind of like one-sidedness on a relationship because, uh, you know, because one time somebody read in the Bible, the man is the head. And right. so, you know, obviously he has to do everything. He has right. to be in charge of that. It doesn't make sense. And it's also, re- listener, that's not what that verse is about. So right. don't yeah, use them. that to defend it. <laughs> right. That's why I'm glad we have somebody uh, who is ordained <laughs> running this podcast who like you know, <laughs> yeah <laughs> do, do I, Bible school stuff yeah it's many times when we read the bible and we're reading like we t- i talk about it in in our first episode when we talk about the word of god the bible has erotic poetry in it oh yeah like song of songs is completely erotic poetry and solomon it's it's attributed sometimes to Solomon, but Solomon like makes an appearance at the end and then right. not a good way. Yeah. It's really weird. But the entire time we have to remember like those two that that couple in that book aren't married. You're right. They're not married, but they are really into each other. <laughs> like Yeah, sure are. Which is honestly why I don't think I've ever heard a sermon on the Song of Songs. Right. Yeah. And you know what else? I was just, um, I'm really big into the ex-evangelical Twitter community. Mm. And I did see somebody tweet uh, the other day about like, what was the Bible passage for you that like really rocked your world and made Mm. you reconsider your whole view of scripture? And she was talking about, um, oh gosh, uh, Ruth. And Boaz. Yeah. She was like, Uncovering that the was feet. a blowjob. Like, that was not, <laughs> she was not uncovering his feet, you know? Yeah, feet, uh, or again, listener, feet is often replaced for genitalia in the Bible whenever it's trying to be, like, really subtle about it. Hey. Uh, so in that book, whenever Bo- she is to lay by Boaz's feet, it's to lay by his genitals. And to essentially put her head on his lap and Ah. like, and be really obvious about it. Yeah. Like that's the mentality. And that is the reality. That was the reality for women back then for like in that situation, we're supposed to recognize this cultural thing, but oftentimes we just kind of look at it and we're like, Oh, this is a nice story. I'm like, no, it's horrifying. This is, this is Ruth doing amazing things to get her and her family and the rest of her family line through this difficult time. And Boaz being the honorable person doing what he's actually supposed to do. He's actually supposed to like, I I see you're shaking your head. He's like, he's not supposed to be the one who's like taking on Ruth as a a new daughter or as a new wife, but he does so anyways. Mm. And he, because he has the financial things to do it. Right. So like, that's what he's supposed to do. And so we're like, that's the good thing. He, the, the really, the really, if you want to hate somebody in that story, you should actually hate the guy. You should hate the guy that like, she is supposed to be, who's a closer relative. Oh, he yes. is supposed to take on Ruth and help his mother-in-law and do all these things. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do it. Boaz is thankfully there and he's like, okay, I'll do it. And I'm like, yeah. good job, Boaz. You did something. You did the minimum of what you needed to do. Yes. <laughs> but it's really like, again, the book's all about Ruth. You want to focus on Ruth and her experience. 
Yeah. So wild stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's just not, which just goes to show you that like somewhere along the line in history, like this concept of purity culture and like sex before marriage, like was just not, you know, yeah. Well, it, like we can look back at like, if you read Christian history, anybody like we have like from first and third century, like some church fathers, they talk about, uh, because they look at Paul and Paul talks about like, you know, if you know, don't have sex, stay, stay single, stay abstinent. If you have to have sex, just get married. And so readers took this and said, oh, so sex is a sin. You shouldn't have sex. God will allow sex to be permissible in marriage, but even then only do it to procreate. Like the early church was so harsh on it. Nowadays, we'd look at it and say the church is too lenient on it. But even now, I'd say the church is like, we still have this mentality of like, if you mess up, you need to feel shame for the rest of your life. Like, like what you said about having to tell your spouse about this experience and feeling your self-worth be lessened because you had sex. Right. I felt the same way. And I told that to, to Annie before we got married being like i you know this and she was like it's like whatever like it's it's fine like i i I also still struggle with the concept of shame in this area and i wonder like if if you're out there and you are struggling with this shame try to let it go talk to somebody about it Mm -hmm. i'll always encourage you to go see a therapist because they're very good yeah. Talking um, with other Christians helped mm-hmm. me. Other Christians who were like, yeah, I didn't wait. Like, or, or just hearing that they struggled as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, the, the guy that, that, uh, I, I dated him right before Ethan and, and he's the one that, that I had sex with. We would literally like pray after sex. Like that's how messed up it was. Like we would have sex and then we'd be like, damn we feel really bad and then we pray about it pray wow it was just wild you know huh yeah wow yeah right yeah yes it was (laughs) (laughs) i i have now during any when we were getting um premarital counseling before we got married uh the pastor we went to he gave us we had known each other for years so we were pretty well acquainted with all of our like baggage and he was like this is really good you guys are on a good spot so we're gonna only have three lessons and it's like communication finances and sex and in like the last part he was like do you guys have any questions about sex and i was like what does the bible say about like what is the limits what does what what is your interpretation of the limits in in the bible in sex he's like well the bible really just says don't have sex with like don't bring in a third party into your marriage bed and i was like that makes sense like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a jealous person. I know I would not handle that well. Right. And, and so I'm like, all right. He's like, they did it because, you know, again, the whole idea of like, who is the child's father? Who gets the inheritance? That right. was very important. Now, like for me, I know it's my jealousy. I'm like, I wouldn't, I would not handle this well. I could not deal with it. Right. But he told the story of a congregant he had, like when he started ministry like 30 years ago. And he started ministry. He got invited to an old couple's uh, house. To, to they, They're like, we need to talk to you, pastor. He's like, okay. 
okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll be over, you know, does Thursday work? And so like, he set up a time to go meet with them. He got there. She, the, the wife came and brought him cookies and like, they were like sitting him down because they had to have a conversation. He was like, all right, so what's this about? And he was like, well, my husband wants me to give him a blowjob and I don't think we're allowed to. And so, and he's like mouthful of cookie, new person on in ministry with this old couple, like probably in their fifties or sixties asking about oral sex. And he's like, Oh, it's, it's fine. You, you both can go down on each other. Just, I don't want to be for the, like, I, I think back, I'm like, I've never, I am thankful. I've never had to have that kind of conversation with somebody. Uh, Honestly, during, during my like premarital counseling that I do for people, like I kind of hit those three big points that cause divorce, which is communication, Mm. finances, and sex. And like, honestly, when it comes to the sex thing, I'm just like, guys, listen, whatever you want to do in your marriage bed, do it between you two and make sure it's consensual and talk all the time about it. Be willing to change your mind on things. I don't care if you want to dress up, have fun. If right. you want to involve toys, have fun. I don't care. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, uh, I, I had, uh, so for our premarital counseling, so, so I lead worship at a church as well. Um, and I had been leading for, well, I'd been a vocalist there for two years, and then I, I became the worship director, like, mm-hmm. about uh, a year before we got married, and so uh, our senior pastor, we wanted him to marry us as well as um, another, like, kind of associate pastor at the church, mm-hmm. and who, who had uh, kind of transitioned out of the church, but anyway. Um, he was like, all right, like, I, I'd love to, to marry you. You just have to do my premarital counseling. We were like, sure, whatever. And just to have those conversations about sex where I could tell were so painful for him to have with us. Uh, he was <laughs> like, just because it was crossing that boundary of like personal and like, you're my employee, like mm-hmm. you are my worship director. And, uh, it was just kind of laughable, like, like just how he, he was just like, yeah, um, yeah, so uh, let's talk about sex. Um, it basically, yeah, uh, just, you know, uh, d- do, do whatever you want. Um, if, if you are having sex, I recommend just like holding off for a couple weeks before the wedding. Uh, <laughs> And it was just like the most uncomfortable thing ever, but wow. Yeah. Yeah. That is very uncomfortable. I know. And when I, I remember thinking being like, you know, we talked back in Genesis, sex is like the initiation of the marriage covenant between two people and stuff. And that's something like, I've kind of been like, yeah, that makes sense. And it works. Like I see sex as, as between my spouse and myself, like, first time we had sex was like that was really the beginning of the marriage Mm. the whole every ceremony and the 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 contract that we signed for the state that was all state stuff yeah i feel like past generations have thought everything we've learned is 
set in stone. It's good. We don't need to change it. I feel like now we're looking at stuff and saying, cool, we got this far. We can still keep progressing because that's what we've been doing throughout all time. We need to keep doing that. If we just stay still, we're going to wither and die. Right. And I feel like for myself, removing this, this, the shame of have, have having had sex before marriage and removing this shame, putting it on people if they have sex before marriage. I think part of that, that lesson can be ripped away mm-hmm. for myself and for my teaching because it's not helpful anymore. Yeah. It, I think we teach about preventative measures for pregnancy, you know, wear a condom, everybody. If you're, if you're yeah. having sex, if you, unless you want to have kids, just wear a condom. Yep. Please. <laughs> And unless you want to have herpes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm, I'm willing to get rid of that lesson and probably like rework it to be like, like not, not just to say like have sex with anybody at any time, but like if you want sex to be special, if you want, if I shouldn't say that, if you want sex to be between you and, and one person, then yeah, wait, wait until you find that person. Right. If, if you don't, okay, be yeah. safe. Yeah. Be safe, please. For, for your sake and for the, your partner's sake and for yeah. any of the other sexual activities they do with anybody else. Yeah. That's beautifully stated. I totally agree. When I was deconstructing uh, in 2016, because I was like, "Mm, okay, I cannot be worshiping the same God as these other people that are claiming that God thinks this way. And I know God definitely doesn't. You know, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people started deconstructing in 2016. Um, The whole topic of purity culture definitely, I threw out a ton of things. And, you know, Ethan and I got engaged in 2018. Mm -hmm. And we definitely, like, it was just a big struggle, like, a big sexual struggle. I mean, like, our first date, like, it was hot, you know? Like, we went to, like, <laughs> dancing, and then we had our first kiss in uh, my, uh, the church that I grew up attending in the church parking lot. Okay. Um, and, because uh, we were stargazing everybody. Um, mm-hmm. And then we, like, moved it to the car. And we are like, this is hot. Um, but like, we didn't have sex until we were engaged. And like, I was living at his home because I was student teaching and, and it was just a consensual thing. It was like, we had the conversations, like, we know that we love each other and, and we're 99.9% sure we're going to get married in less than a year. Like at that point it was less than a year. And we were like, let's just do it. Like it literally we're like, it doesn't matter. And, and for some people it's like, at that point, they're like, well, we're only like five months out from the wedding. Like, let's just wait. And, and yeah, it'll suck, but like, let's just wait. And for other people like myself, it was like, who fucking cares? Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> so uh, both, both, both takeaways are good. <laughs> if you want to wait, fine. If you don't fine, it's exactly. just imposing this, this shame and this, this yes. restriction on everybody right is not it causes more harm than than i think people thought sex before marriage would cause you know so so yeah i had to get rid of that uh in in my deconstruction Mm. i also had to get rid of really harmful feelings about people who enjoyed casual sex and about like Mm -hmm. ethical non-monogamy and about polyamory 
Um, Like another thing that happened is that, so like I realized that I was queer um, while we were engaged uh, in in 2017. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was actually this past February. So February, 2020, I was saying to Ethan, like, I'm just kind of grieving that I never will understand my sexuality to the fullest part. Um, it's basically saying like, I'm grieving that I will never and have never had a sexual experience with a woman, like a community that I am very attracted to and also biologically a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he and I had some really tough conversations uh, about like that need for me. And I was also like really depressed And I kind of, you know, decided like, hey, there's this kind of person that we both know, and I would really like to have this experience with them. And, and we had the the tough conversations of like, okay, like, if, if this happens, like, what are boundaries that like, what would make you uncomfortable? What would make this person uncomfortable? What Mm -hmm. would make me uncomfortable? And I had the experience and it was great. And, um, it's, you know, like, it's all about, but like, as a Christian, you know, like, years ago, oh my God, like, if you would have told me that that was going to happen, I'd be like, oh my God, are we going to get a divorce? Like, am I, what, is it because I'm cheating on him? You know, like, yeah. it, it really is so much different for everybody. And I think there, there are ways to honor and glorify God that are still having sex outside of marriage, but like, aren't, aren't causing the harm that people say like Mm -hmm. sex outside of marriage causes so yeah yeah Yeah, i think it's important for us all to remember that like our sex and sexuality and gender all that was was that is was given to us by god to be pleasurable right so we the only reason it's harmful is because we've made it harmful yeah like yeah i'm i'm happy had that experience I, i didn't know that that's great it was great yeah. It was really, yeah. And, and yeah, I just, I just think it's so important mm-hmm. that, that like we are ensuring that, you know, everything that we do, like, of course is, is glorifying to God. And, and I, I full, fully and firmly believe that like mm-hmm. sex outside of marriage, like there are situations where that can still bring glory to God, you know? Thanks for listening. If you have a lesson you would like discussed, feel free to tweet at CXCPod. That's CXCPOD.